Welcome to Our Scars Speak. My name is Christina Miner, and I am the host of this podcast. Before we begin this episode, we would like to provide our disclaimer. We are not claiming to be medical professionals or any other professional providing advice regarding your treatment plan. We encourage everyone to follow their doctor's orders. We are only here to share our experiences and provide support. tonight's guest, which is Kiera Kotler. Thank you so much for coming up here tonight. I really, really appreciate it. Um, I love everything that you're doing, which I'm not going to tell all of that because that's for you to tell, but I just love for you to, um, to share tonight and just tell us everything that you're doing because it's so phenomenal. Mm -hmm. And I just thank you so much for coming on tonight, 100%. Oh, I'm so happy to be here. Thank you for having me. And I'm so happy to meet a fellow sister. Um, You know, this journey is not for the faint of heart. So um, it's amazing how much we all seem to share in common when once we get the chance to get to know each other. So thank you for having me. Absolutely. Yes. Anytime. Before we begin about your story and all the great things that you're doing, we would always ask every guest, just share about yourself. Who is Kier? Without all the titles and all that great stuff, who are you? How do you describe yourself? Um, okay, so I, let's see, I live in Northern California, just north of San Francisco. I'm married to an amazing man and we have two kids who are big kids um, <laughs> in their 20s. Um, and we're lucky that they live close by. So that's wonderful. I originally grew up in Boston. So my parents are both there. I go back quite frequently to see them. I have a lot of family there. Um, so it's hard to be far, but, um, I guess the reason why I found San Francisco as my adult home is because I'm super into the outdoors and, being able to be outside year round, whether it's hiking or walking my dog, or um, I love to kayak. Um, I'm not really a cyclist, although my husband bought me an e-bike so I could try and keep up with him. (laughs) Um, But yeah, it's just a really beautiful lifestyle. And um, I love being able to be outside year round with the exception of today as it's completely stormy raining, but um, but for the most part, yeah. So I, I grew up as a dancer and I think it always oh, wow. put movement at the core of who I am. And that's that you'll see that'll weave through my story as well. So. Wow. I love San Francisco. I've only been there one time, but it is absolutely beautiful. And we tried to go over to Golden Gate Bridge. And when we went over, it was foggy. So we seen that. <laughs> so we went down to take pictures and everything, you know, just doing the tourist stuff and <laughs> seen absolutely nothing. And I was like, of course, today, of course. Say, but it's a beautiful, mm. it's a beautiful state period. My daughter, like I told you, is in San Diego. So we just love California. And my husband's from Ma- Massachusetts. He's from, um, oh. Bridge, I think, Stairbridge or something like that. Stairbridge, yeah. yeah. Uh-huh. Yep. So, That's too far. <laughs> nice. <laughs> so how before, before, because you did talk about dancing and I love dance. I used to dance when I was um, younger. So I'm sure this, <laughs> like you stated, will come up in your story. But what was life like before breast cancer? Like, what was your life before? I don't care how far you want to go back, but just what was the dynamics of your life? How was it going? Yeah. yeah, I mean, honestly, everything was going really well. Um, 
I, so I work wise, I, I come from the marketing background. I worked in branding and marketing, um, way back. And at that point, let's see, I, I guess when I was in my thirties, I started doing a lot of freelance marketing work, brand work for different small businesses. Um, and then I had also gone back to get my master's in painting. So you can see some of my artwork oh. behind me. Wow. Um, really the bulk of my career was working as a full-time professional artist. Um, I still do that. I work with um, several galleries around the country and this is actually photography, even though it doesn't really look like it, but um, (laughs) I do both photography and painting and some video work. Um, And yeah, I mean, life was pretty great. Um, My husband and I have, you know, wonderful life and with Mm -hmm. the kids and, you know, we enjoyed traveling and still do, but, you know, I'm just trying to remember it's going back a little ways now. That's fine. So, um, fine. but yeah, life was good. I mean, I think normal stressors, right? Like mm-hmm. aging and um, you know, <laughs> living too far away from my parents and right. navigating being um, a parent, you know, all those things are real, but, but yeah, I would say life was pretty darn good back then. (laughs) Wow. So before you get into how you found out you had breast cancer, I do want to ask this one question, just in case it gets missing within the interview. Did you have, were there a, was there a gene mutation or cancer in your family before you were diagnosed? Did you know Um, of anyone? Yeah. So at that point I didn't know of one. I do. I now know that I do have a genetic mutation, but I did not know that at the time. It's not one of the common ones like BRCA. Um, and I'll just say that I actually had, um, another cancer before breast cancer. So when I was diagnosed with breast cancer, it was my second time. And that's a big part of my story. So 10 years prior, I'd been diagnosed with thyroid cancer. And, um, so that really got me doing all sorts of genealogy work and like creating a cancer family tree and really looking into why somebody so young, was getting a cancer. I found out then that it's actually, it, it can appear in people in their thirties. So, um, but anyway, so wow. yeah, I, when I was 30, I was diagnosed with thyroid cancer and then, um, and it prompted me to do a lot of research, but even then I wasn't, I didn't learn about the genetic mutation until later, because as you know, they're just, they're discovering so many new ones all the time. So Back then, there was little known about the mutation that I had. I don't even know if it had been discovered yet, or if it had, it wasn't associated with the cancer that I had. So, yeah. Wow. You know, I'm glad you said that, because anytime anyone brings up about gene mutation, it's so important, because like you stated, back then, they didn't have a huge panel as now. It changes every about seven years, because I tested negative for any of the mutation, but my doctor says, come back in. At seven year mark, we're going to check, we're going to check you again because the panel will change. So that's important. I'm glad you um, mentioned that because that's so important for people to please go back and get tested again, if you need to. And if your doctor doesn't mention it now, you know, (laughs) Yeah, it's it's an amazing field and um, there's so many new breakthroughs happening. And now like my doctor in my last visit said, now we we're doing so much research on this particular mutation that I have. And soon there are going to be like blood tests and maybe even preventive preventative oh. treatments or things that we can do, which is fantastic. Um, right. You know, just how, how fast this industry and this kind of area of study is advancing. It's pretty amazing. 
Wow. So no one in your family had cancer, but you had thyroid cancer before you even had breast cancer. Um, so yeah, so I had thyroid cancer before wow. I had breast cancer. My grandmother did pass away from lymphoma and, oh. you know, there were a couple of other people kind of in my grandparent and older generations, but not my parents, not my aunts and uncles. Um, interestingly, I did have a cousin who was diagnosed with breast cancer six months after me and she did not survive. So oh. It did hit very, you know, it, it hit us, it hit our family pretty strongly um, all around the same time. It's really wild. Yeah, that that is a lot, especially at one time. Yeah, yeah, so exactly. You get through thyroid cancer. Um, wow, I'm just, I'm blown because I didn't know that part of your story. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I know. Yeah. I don't actually share that very often, but it's, it's an important part because it, it has a lot to do with why I chose some of the things I chose. Yeah, and plus, you know, the fact that you have an actual mutation, so it makes sense probably for the mutation that you have. And a lot of times people get undetected about the thyroid cancer as well. So when yeah. you got to the point of how long was it? Let me ask that question. How long in between thyroid cancer and breast cancer? 10 years on the nose. Wow. So yeah. And, and it's, an, it's kind of an interesting story. So I was diagnosed, um, at age 30 with thyroid cancer, mm -hmm. which, um, I got, you know, people would say, oh, that's the good kind. And I was like, how is there a good kind of cancer? That seems like an oxymoron, but now knowing what I know, there's four different types of thyroid cancer. And I did get the one that's the most treatable and the most slow growing. So I, now I know why people said that to yes. me. <laughs> I think at any point, especially when you're 30 or, you know, really young, it's, it's really hard to hear cancer and your name in the same sentence, but yes. for that, um, you know, I underwent surgery and then they do, uh, I did two rounds of a pretty intensive radiation treatment, which is, um, it's actually an ingestible radiation. And so before I kind of agreed to doing that, I was doing research and trying to understand like, okay, so you, you swallow radioactive material does that harm any other parts of the body? And right. in research, I found that it can be absorbed. So the idea is that it's radioactive iodine, the mm -hmm. thyroid absorbs iodine. So you basically starve yourself of iodine for a bunch of time leading up to it. And then your body is so thirsty for it that then you ingest this one little blue pill and you become radioactive. You can't be around people. I mean, it's so trippy. Um, but the idea is that the thyroid will absorb the radioactive iodine. And if there's any remaining thyroid tissues that will, it will kill it, which is a kind of a cool technology. Um, but when I did my research, I learned that breast tissue can also absorb iodine. And so that made me nervous, <laughs> right? right. Um, so I ended up finding the person who became my surgeon 10 years prior um, because I did research about the best breast surgeons, um, mm -hmm. for breast cancer in San Francisco. And I went and I set up a meeting with her and I brought her this printout of my research and we had this amazing talk and she said, all right, well, I think the risk of you not doing the thyroid radiation is greater than the risk of doing it, but become part of my practice. We'll do exams every year. Mm -hmm. And we'll check you and we'll even do a baseline mammogram at age 35. So if God forbid you were to develop breast cancer, we would detect it early. And I went, okay. So that's what I did. Wow. Okay. 
And, you know, flash forward 10 years, mm -hmm. um, I had gotten my baseline mammogram at 35. She said, you don't need to come back until you're 40. I came back at 40 and there it was, she said a blizzard of calcifications in my left breast. Um, and I think, I think the hardest part was the fact that it was a second diagnosis that, um, you know, she, we didn't know whether it was invasive or not at the time. I later found out it was like what you had, I DCIS. Okay. Um, but because it was so extensive and because it was my second cancer, I was so scared and underwent, as you know, all the poking and prodding and biopsies and MRIs, and you feel like a pincushion after a while. And right. I remember talking with my husband and just saying, you know, what if I just remove both? She had, she had recommended having a single mastectomy. And I thought, what if I just did both? Because I don't want a lifetime of scares. I've already had too much in this one decade. Right. So, um, so that's what I decided to do. And she, she knew, she knew I was going to come in and suggest that I wanted to do a prophylactic uh, mastectomy on the right side. And it turned out to be a really good decision because they did find some precancerous cells on that side. So um, whether it was prophylactic or not, I don't really know. Um, but I, I, that's why I went so aggressive with wow. my surgery. Yeah. Okay. So basically you didn't find a lump or anything like that. You were just going back for your regular exam based off of having thyroid cancer. Yep. Um, exactly. Wow. That's yeah. because had you not had thyroid cancer, this could possibly be a different story. Exactly. Wow. Exactly. Yeah, wow. that's right. I haven't really thought about it like that, but you're right. It's true. Um, and she was right. It was, you know, we, she thought it was invasive, but then mm -hmm. when we got the pathology back, we realized it was DCIS. And because I had gone so aggressive with surgery, I didn't need to have any further treatment, which was a huge blessing. Yes. Yes. That was one of my reasons, one of my reasons for going the way that I went. So yeah. after you did that, um, if you don't mind me asking, did you choose to go aesthetic flat closure or did you do implants or deep flap? If you don't mind sharing what your reconstruction was? Yeah, I, I actually, um, didn't have a choice because I knew I wanted, I knew, well, I did have a choice in terms of getting reconstructed or not, but, um, I really, I felt like I wanted to have some sort of breast mound. Um, I still felt like I was young and I don't know, I, it was if it's aesthetically, I guess it felt important to me. Um, and I did go with implants. That's the part I didn't have a choice on because oh, okay. that surgeon worked with only one plastic surgeon and he did one technique. And so I was, you know, if I was going with her, I was going with him. And uh, but it, it it worked out okay. I mean, you know, there are times where I think, oh, it would be nice to get like nothing's perfect, as you know. And it's, you know, when people joke about like, oh, it's like getting a free breast job or boob job. I'm like, it is absolutely not that. No. Um, but I think I did as well as could be expected. Um, I was able to do, I did um, tissue expanders and then swap that and had a swap out surgery for the implants uh, about six months later. So. Okay. And what type of, did you have like gummy bear implants? Yeah. yeah. That's usually like the going one. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, so you went through all of that treatment. Was there anything that maybe like you gained through this experience personally that you wouldn't mind sharing with people? 
Yeah. Well, so I said, I'm always a big fan of movement and we also enjoy being outdoors. And so prior to my diagnosis, we had planned this big trip with the kids. We were going to be hiking in Glacier National Park in Montana and um, big hikes, like, you know, 13, 15 mile hikes at major altitude. And I was so excited about it. And I remember I asked my surgeon, um, I'm like, do you think I could do this after like, if I'm going to be about six weeks post double mastectomy. And he's like, I don't think you're going to feel up for that. And I'm like, okay, but if I do feel up for it, mm-hmm. is there any reason why I can't fly? Is there any reason why that amount of activity would be hard? He's like, as long as you don't wear a backpack, mm-hmm. you can do it. So I was really determined. <laughs> um, and you know, I, I, everybody was super supportive. Like, obviously if you're not up for it, don't, we're we're not going to take the trip. We don't need to do it. But I got myself a really big fanny pack. Um, (laughs) and we all went and we did, I did all the hikes and, um, you know, I would get tired more than probably I would have. And certainly there was a little bit of like swelling at the end of a big hike, but I was so proud of myself. And I think it, And I was also so happy to be able to share that with my family and um, they knew how significant it was for me to be able to do that. So it taught me a lot about myself in terms of setting goals and having a vision and really believing in yourself. Um, Because I I think what I learned is that, and I've learned so much along my journey since then, is we are capable of so much more than we realize. And sometimes it's just about really believing um, believing in yourself and, and also asking for the support of people around you. I mean, I couldn't carry my big backpack. I had to have, you know, my husband do that or whatever. Um, but, um, but yeah, so I learned a lot from that. That's good because you just didn't have breast cancer. You also had another cancer prior to breast cancer and to be, to still come out being as positive and active Mm-hmm. and producing the things that you produce and still implementing your visions, that says a lot for your character and your willpower and determination to continue to live. Yeah, um, thank you. So yeah, so that's very inspirational, very inspirational. So you, you, you've you gone through, you know, you're hiking, you're getting back to, I'm not gonna say life is normal because you know, as we know, it doesn't go back to like the normal that we once had. Yeah. Um, because we have this new experience now. So it's a part of who we are. So now moving forward, what exactly, I guess, catapulted you into the business that you have? Or even if you want to talk about something else that maybe along the way that you you learned or you experienced prior to that, feel free to share your story for what happened to you, what's going on now in your life. Not necessarily after cancer, because we're still going to doctors and stuff like that, but you know, What's, what's life like for you now? What has happened after treatment, your treatment plan? Yeah. So, you know, as, as most surgeons will say, um, you know, don't go shopping for bras or undergarments or anything for at least six months right. from the last surgery, because you're still going to have a lot of swelling. But for me, and I know I'm really lucky to be able to say this, I didn't have to go through chemo and I didn't have to fight for my life the way many of my other sisters have. So I say this knowing that I'm super, super lucky. But one of the biggest struggles was getting dressed in the morning. And 
you know, whether it was wanting to get back to some of my fitness classes and not kind of having to advertise uh, what I had just been through or wanting to get back on hiking trails with girlfriends. And again, not, you know, I still had lumps and bumps and scars and, and some, at some points um, bandages and, you know, I'm private and, you know, I would share things with the people that I was close with, but, you know, I just kind of didn't need everybody knowing my business um, in a random yoga class, right. Um, a bar class. And, um, and that became kind of a thing. And at first I felt kind of guilty for thinking that it was a thing. Cause again, I had my health and I was going to get back, be able to get back to life, quote unquote. Um, but then after six months, I started shopping and I would try on different bras and I'm telling you, I went through 200 bras and not one of them worked and they either caused pain or they didn't fit right. Or the ones that were designed for after mastectomy, I just didn't, they were synthetic. I really wanted natural fibers mm. against the skin, really breathable, clean fabrics. So, and so nothing, I couldn't find anything that kind of worked for me. And finally I started talking to other women about the experience and I was shocked to discover that it was almost entirely universal. Um, and not just with people who were recently out of surgery and treatment, but people who were 10, 20, 30 year survivors, they would say to me, oh no, I'm still, I get my favorite bra, but I pull the wire out and then I have to cut into it here so that it doesn't irritate my underarm and my um, my lymph node scars. And, and I was like, what? And I just couldn't believe it. So being the marketer that I am, I, I started to do a bunch of research and I conducted surveys with women all over the country wow. and, you know, would bring like sushi and champagne over to some people's houses and say like, okay, talk to me about what's working, what isn't, what you want, what you don't want. Um, I, I mean, I don't hail from the apparel business at all. So I was really just coming at this from a really like um, naive in some ways <laughs> place. Um, but by the end of that 18 months, I was like, okay, I think I know how to solve this problem. Mm -hmm. And so I found my wonderful business partner, Megan, who does hail from the apparel industry. She's done everything from design, sourcing, production, product development. She's amazing. Um, and I designed the, I designed the garments aesthetically. And then we worked with, um, technical designers and pattern makers to create the patterns. And so we, um, let's see, so we had our first sample run made, I think it was 2018. And we did a bunch of wear test trials with, I was part of this, I still am technically part of this amazing uh, breast cancer support group called Bays and stands for Bay Area Young Survivors. And so it's all women who were diagnosed before the age of 45. And so they were sort of my my test group. And I, I, I gave samples to them. I said, wear them, wash them. And I wanted to make sure that it was people who had had every kind of surgical scenario from athletic flap closure to lumpectomy to single double mastectomy, different flap, I mean, different uh, reconstruction techniques. Mm -hmm. Um, I really wanted it to be surgically inclusive and size inclusive. So I really tried it on a bunch of different women with different surgical scenarios and they gave me feedback. And then we made some changes based on that feedback. And then we did it again. And so um, now it's like the end of 2018 and we were ready to launch. So we, um, 
you know, we started building our website and we launched our collection officially uh, in 2019, January. So wow, brand is called Everviolet and we, so it's not just for breast cancer survivors, but it was certainly designed based on my experience um, with breast cancer and then those in my community who had had breast cancer. But um, it's a beautiful collection of bras and bralettes and panties, um, camisoles with, with, that accommodate surgical drains, robes that you can wear instead of hospital gowns. Um, we're actually, we've expanded now to have panties for women who've been through gynecological cancers. Many of us go through oophorectomies or hysterectomies right. along our cancer journey. Um, even people who have had colon cancer or use ostomy bags for other, um, other reasons, we have a penny that works for that. So now we're really expanding into this greater position of, you know, women post-cancer, post-surgery, post-treatment, really any, all of us, I like to say, you know, our mantra is beauty of change and we're all going to go through changes, right? That's right. just inevitable when we go through them and how we go through them is individual, but um, how we, you know, the fact that we're going to change as we age and navigate life is a reality. And so we're really here to escort you on that journey and to help you feel comfortable, confident, beautiful, no matter what you're going through, because the truth is, is and this is why I love the title of your podcast, you know, <laughs> It's what we go through that makes us these beautiful, beautiful beings, right? Scars are not, they're not flaws, they're badges of courage. And so, you know, we're really here to stand there as a brand, help women feel their best, no matter where they are and what they're going through. I love it. And so name, <laughs> Everviolet, um, where did that come from? Is there a story behind the name of it? Yeah, there's a story, okay. of course. Um, <laughs> it, <laughs> It's a play on evergreen, um, which, you know, very strong, resilient tree unwavering right. in the face of a storm, but violet. And you'll see my, all of my artwork really focuses on how color impacts us mm -hmm. um, on deep spiritual, psychological and emotional levels. And violet is the color of our inner world and our spiritual world. And it's really this idea that no matter what we look like on the outside, we're still these beautiful beings internally. And that's really what shines through, right? It's, mm -hmm. I always think like the most confident person in the room is the one who's the most beautiful, regardless of what their physical features are. Um, and I think it's really about leaning into that. So I love it. I was like, there's got to be a meaning behind this name. And I'm definitely going to ask her. It's so unique. And I was like, ever violent. And I was sitting there trying to figure it out. And I was like, maybe somebody's last name or I was like, no, I don't see nobody's last name. Um, you did mention that dance plays a part into this. And before we get into that, though, when you're talking about your bras, do you have bras also that um, or sports bras? Do you have something that for like individuals who have prosthetics that they can use their prosthetics as well? Yeah. Yeah. All the cups are pocketed. Okay. So if you use prosthetic breast forms, partials, they all come with a pair of pads, like discretion pads, oh. which sometimes people, if people feel like they're kind of asymmetrical, they might take three or four of those pads and, you know, stack them up on one side to make it look more like the other side. Um, yeah, so they're all pocketed. They're covered by insurance. They are HSA and FSA uh, spending eligible, which is great. Um, 
they they're cut in a way to try and help prevent lymphedema, which is, okay. as you know, is a lifetime risk for anyone who's had a lymph node removed. Um, and there's all sorts of other functionality in terms of like where they anchor, they avoid pain points, they avoid incisions, they avoid port placement scars um, or ports. If you're going through chemo, it'll avoid that area. The pieces are also great for radiation. They're easy to wash. Um, they can be stepped into. A lot of people have um, limited arm mobility, right. stop or even forever. Um, so you can step into them or they have a front closure, many of them. So there's all sorts of like little tricks and bells and whistles. But what I love about them is that they don't look like a post-surgical bra. They look like a regular bra with beautiful lace, feminine touches and the fabric. I wish you could feel it. Um, it, it feels like suede. Um, oh, it's wow. a, it's a sustainable Jersey made of cotton and modal, which is a beautiful fiber. That's kind of naturally cooling and breathable mm -hmm. and antimicrobial. So it just feels really luscious. Like I sleep in our cami every night. Um, and, you know, so like a lot of the pieces can be used for sleep or athletic, um, you know, dance right. and um, athletic wear as well. So, oh, don't worry. I'll be feeling it because I, <laughs> I need to order anyway, because um, I don't usually wear my prosthetics, but every now and then I'll wear it. Mm -hmm. And uh, yeah. And, you know, of course, my insurance pays for so many every year, what it's yeah. so every year. But it's interesting that you were talking <laughs> about how they look because I'll never forget you know going into these I went first to a medical place and it was the worst experience ever their bras yeah. look horrible the prosthetics look just everything was horrible then I went to a boutique and it was a little bit better <laughs> but still I have not seen your um quality of lingerie or your quality of you know intimate repair apparel or loungewear in those boutiques that I've gone to I know there are some that you know have more but you know they, it was an upgrade from the medical place that I had gone to but it's still yeah everything that I've seen that you've created is very very you know just very feminine and very I don't know it's just luxurious it's Nice. Yeah, thank you. I, I'm glad you brought that up because I do know that our, our pieces are priced a little bit higher than other brands. And, you know, that's not us trying to make a lot of money off of people. That's just really, really finding quality pieces. Like our elastics are super soft, the fasteners, there's no hardware that hurts. There's, you know, we've really taken the time to source only the best. Um, and what I will say, because I'm also a big believer in the slow fashion movement, which is the opposite of fast fashion, which is really the idea that, yes, you can spend a little bit more money on something, but it's going to last and endure the test of time and not end up in a landfill. Um, and that was really part of my promise in starting an apparel business, knowing how toxic the apparel industry is for the planet. I just didn't want to be another fast fashion brand where like, People would buy 10 of them and then chuck them and then get new ones and they wouldn't last. So, so that's part of sort of our quality promise. Um, and we do give discounts to first time um, visitors and um, sorry, customers. And, you know, we do run specials every now and then um, like we have one going on for Valentine's day right now, where you can buy one of our Vela lace bras and then mm -hmm. get any other bra 50% off. So that's a good deal. Um, yeah. 
Yeah. So we try and make it um, as accessible as possible and hopefully being covered by insurance and being HSA and FSA eligible spending. Hopefully that makes it a little bit easier too. Yeah. Yeah. Cause a lot of places aren't eligible, like you can't use your insurance. So, and yeah, so that's, that's a great saver right there for those who can utilize it. Yeah. And you did mention about dance. Um, so first of all, what type of dance did you do? Was it ballet or what? Yeah, I did ballet and jazz and I even did tap dancing and modern. Oh. Yeah. Oh, okay. <laughs> but the one that I stuck with the longest was jazz. Like I, I think really? I stopped ballet at the time I was 12. But then, yeah, up until I was in my mid-20s, I was still dancing. So Wow. Ballet is so hard on your feet and your it's joints. It's so hard. Yeah. Oh gosh. I remember I didn't last very long with ballet, but <laughs> it's just like, it was I'm like, my God, people's toes. It's just, it's rough. So you, you've done jazz ballet. So how did that, how do you intertwine that with um, Everviolet? Hmm. Well, um, you had said something about like you intertwined it into what you were doing. Well, I think it's more that I so wanted to get back to movement after my surgeries. And that was where, that was the real pain point. Cause I could, I could wear baggy clothes or I could, you know, just not wear um, any bra or anything when I was just out and about or at home. But when I wanted to go exercise, I didn't want heavy bulky things around me. I was used to wearing something a little bit more fitted and tighter. And that's really where I identified this big hole in the market. And, um, but I do, and I do infuse my artwork into the collection. So I mentioned that I'm really into color, and that's kind of been my area of focus for my work, um, my artwork, and that has brought itself into the collection. And I, we have a really beautiful array of colors, and then some of them are I kind of mix and match. Like one of our best-selling bras is a. It's almost like a peachy jersey on the inside, but then it's a white lace on the outside. So it's it's just a really light and bright color combination that people love. It's one of our best sellers. It's called White Blush. And um, some really beautiful uh, violet tones. Our signature is mauve, which is sort of like a, a pale violet, super soothing. But the idea is they're all intentional, right? Each of these colors psychologically and emotionally can really impact how we feel. And so I've always said, I was actually never that into lingerie until I went through breast cancer. And then all of a sudden I went through this and I just really wanted to put something beautiful on that part of my body. It was kind of an interesting, it was an interesting thing that I felt. And, um, and when I did, it was like, oh, I'm wearing this like hot pink something <laughs> here. or, you know, and no one has to know, right. I mean, right. whatever, but like, I always say we wear lingerie more for ourselves than for anybody else. And I think it's fun just to have a pop of color going on underneath because yeah. I'm usually in black. So, um, <laughs> yeah, so it definitely, um, my artwork has definitely informed the collection quite a bit. That is great. So one thing that really caught me, um, caught my attention about your entire company outside of how great everything looked and just everything looked very clean and precise and just, just beautiful and soothing, you know? And I was like, she's diverse. I like that part of it the most, I think, because I haven't really, you know, I haven't purchased, I have to go get something now, but um, I had planned to do it before you came up here, but I've been having <laughs> a couple appointments and busy, but um, the diversity, 
So when I was looking through your photos and, you know, I've been following you for a while and uh, your social media team's been following me. So I was like, oh, let me check them out. So when I was looking through it, I'm like, wow, she's incorporating various races, various ethnicities. And for me, being a woman of color, whenever I see that, that draws me in. It's like, okay, what are they about? What are they about? Because they're inclusive. Mm -hmm. The other in, um, part of you being inclusive outside of just race was also age. Mm -hmm. um, a lot of a lot of companies don't think about that because America has a tendency to celebrate youth more so than aging. So when I seen the various ages too, I was like, wow, she's very, they're very inclusive. Like, oh my gosh. So can you talk a little bit about that? Like what was your thought process through that um, to say, okay, we need to make for sure that we are showing people that we see them. Absolutely. That's been so important from day one. Like I said, even it started, you know, with size and surgery types, but you know, I have a really diverse group of friends um, and people that I consider to be my family. And I just think we all need to see ourselves in a brand. And it's really important um, to feel seen. Uh, so yeah, from the beginning, not every, all the models are regular women. No one's a professional model. Everybody is a cancer thriver, um, not just breast cancer, some other types as well. Um, but yeah, it was really important for me to, sh to have Everviolet represent the real world with real women, with, you know, real bodies and real life experiences. And, um, it's just, those are just my values as a person in general. And, um, yeah, so I'm glad that you noticed that I'm glad, you know, there's, there's always somebody that I, I feel bad, like every now and then someone will say like, well, why don't you have someone who looks like me on there? And I'm like, I'm trying, like recently we had, we really, we got a lot of inquiries for, to show people who were flat or who had one breast. And it wasn't for a lack of trying. We were really trying to find people mm -hmm. that had those chest types, but they didn't want to model. And, you know, so we finally were able to find some women who are flat and, you know, how, or who have one breast and um, who would show their prosthetic. And, but yeah, it was just an interesting thing. Like the people around us or who, who we were, you know, talking with to model, they just, they didn't feel comfortable. So right. anyway, now we have, and, you know, just to know that, you know, our values are so rooted in embracing all people who identify as women. In fact, we have people who are transitioning right. gender who love our garments too, because they, in the process, they'll use prosthetics and need pocketed cups as well. So, you know, that's anyone who identifies as female is welcome. <laughs> so. um, and that's so important. Representation is so important. And if you ever need anybody who's flat, I know a whole organization. I don't know if you know about Stand Tall. They oh. are, oh, you don't. Oh, that's a whole movement. Um, <laughs> yeah, and not putting on a shirt. Those are two organizations that I have um, worked with, but they have no problem taking off their shirt. Awesome. <laughs> Just, Awesome. Yeah, they take pictures and everything. I can send you the link to them. But, Great, please um, do, yeah. but yeah, there's a whole movement with um, aesthetic flat closure. So yeah, we, we really want to see ourselves. And yeah. of course, everybody wants to see somebody that looks like them. And, and it just helps us say, you know what, if they did it, I can do it. Or, you know, if they, just even modeling, like if they're modeling, then maybe I could actually 
maybe not take off my shirt, but let me have a bra to put on, you know, and I just think it's beautiful that you even took the time because you're not going to meet everybody where they're, you're not going to, there's no way, like somebody's always, there's going to be something that you might miss. It's not to say that you can't incorporate it later, but you do your best, like you said. And I think that I want to commend you for doing your best and implementing even more. Thank you. I appreciate that. Yeah. So, yeah. So is there anything else that you may want to share or anything you have upcoming? Um, I want you to say whatever you need to say and where people can find you, your products and stuff. Yeah. So I will say that while the product is, I'm very proud of it and I'm very proud of how we make people feel um, really at the heart of what we do is we build community and so I'm just sending an invite out to anyone who wants to be part of our community. We have a Facebook, a Facebook group that's called uh, Beauty of Change. And it's women who I, people who identify as women. Um, and it's really people going through any kind of change. It doesn't have to be cancer or breast cancer. It could be anything, any, but we, you know, we chat, we support each other. We provide health and wellness resources. We um, we have a journal that we send emails out twice a week. One's usually about product and the other is just content that we've created to kind of help support healthy lifestyle. Um, we know we're never preachy. We're just here to share what we've learned. We're not making recommendations. It's just, hey, here's something we think is kind of interesting or here's some new research that just came out about screening or here's something we're really curious about around nutrition or health and wellness and fitness. So it's really just about kind of lifting each other up and supporting each other and really wanting to be there for any person who, who wants to be part of our community. Um, so that's something that is really my pride and joy. Um, wow. And when then, did that start? I'm sorry. When did that organize, when did that community start that actually started before we launched the product really? um, yeah okay. we started our social media I would say almost a year before um slowly kind of gathering a little following and um yeah and then during the pandemic it got really important because you know we work with a lot of surgeons and plastic surgeons and oncologists and I remember you know early 2020 when we were all terrified and in lockdown I remember reaching out just personally saying hey like I can't imagine what it's like to be in a medical facility right now or to be a patient right now. It's hard enough during normal circumstances, but right now when there's so much fear and anxiety out there, I was like, what can we do? How can we help? And they said, we need content. We don't have the bandwidth to support our patients in like emotional and psychological ways. Um, you know, we're doing our job to like try and treat their physical bodies, but there's so much more care that they need. And so we really upped our content production and we created all these little like mailing lists and fun things. We've, we've toned it down since because there's not as great of a need, but it's really become one of my favorite parts of the business and, and what we offer. So, and then, yeah. So, and then for anyone who's local, um, we also do complimentary one-on-one -on -one fit consultations at our little headquarters um, in Northern California. And if you're not local, we can do it via Zoom. It's hmm. something that, you know, I know it's really hard to understand size and everybody has their own stuff they're trying to negotiate post-surgery, post-treatment um, post change. So that's something that we offer free of charge and we're just happy to help and connect and make recommendations on styles and sizes. Um, yeah. So 
Wow. And where can they find your information for okay. on social media and everything? Yeah. So on um, Instagram, we're actually newly on TikTok. We're at Everviolet, E-V-E-R-V-I-O-L-E-T, all one word. And then on our website, it's everviolet.com. Um, we're also at Everviolet on Facebook and Twitter, or I guess X. And, um, and then LinkedIn, we have, we're also on there. So we're pretty much everywhere. <laughs> okay. So are you on, was it Trent? Oh gosh. Thread. Thread. No, Is we're it? not there. Okay. There's <laughs> so many <laughs> of them. It's like, good gracious. I know. Um, yeah. I'm glad you did. I'm, oh, another compliment to you all for thinking about people during the time of COVID because it was rough. I was one of those people, 2020, I had two surgeries and uh. The first one was at the beginning of 2020. The second one was at the height of everything that was going. It was like, I was the first surgery that they allowed, you know, like once they released us to go back into the OR, but it made me mad because <laughs> I wish I had your group then because they were like, you can't get surgery because it's cosmetic. Um, And the, the expander was popping out my chest. And so I had to wait, I had to wait, but your community, it was communities that I linked with through virtual, you know, virtual and, you know, a here for the girls organization. I was a part of that and my family, but what you started and I'm sure is still thriving. That is a huge compliment to you all, because that was a very rough time for many of us that were going yeah. through. Treatment. Wow. Very I'm rough. sorry that you had to go through it during that time. I, I just, I, I literally couldn't even imagine how terrifying that must have been. And I, I remember hearing there were so many people that said, no, this is this is a cosmetic procedure. And it's like, no, it's not. Um, we even came out with um, an essential oils and hand sanitizer set. We still have some because um, they, they've been really hot, like people love them. But one, so it's a set of three. There's two essential oils that you can kind of like roll on your body and then a hand sanitizer. And then the hand sanitizer, sorry, the, the the two formulations, one's all about being calm and just okay. calming your body down. And the other is about kind of like empowering yourself to do what you got to do to get through the surgery, the day, whatever, the test. Um, those were the two things I thought I would need the most if I was right. in that kind of setting. And San sanitized hands. So we, um, we launched that in like late 2020. So. so you do still have some of those products? Yeah, we do. We still okay. do. We've made yeah. more because they're, they've just been such a hit and they make great gifts and, um, yeah. And they're, they're small. So you can just like throw them in your purse. Yeah. Um, yeah. Cause COVID is still well and alive today. Cause I just had yeah. COVID and the flu at the same time and it was rough. <laughs> Oh, I just had it too. So did you really definitely going around? Yeah. I went all that time unbeknowing to me if I, I don't think I've had it before. And then I was like, wow, don't, I just, I don't get one. I get two COVID. Oh, I that's was like, brutal. <laughs> <laughs> well, um, if you don't, and you don't have anything, you do have something coming up because you have the sale going on and for Valentine's day is, is that? Yeah. That, okay. That's like an automatic thing. If you put one of our Vela bras in your shopping cart mm -hmm. and then you put a second bra in, it'll get 50% off. Okay. 
Okay. Um, we also have a welcome offer. If you don't want to take advantage of the Vela bra, there's other bras you prefer. Um, it's a code, just an all caps, welcome 20. And you can use that at checkout and you'll get 20% off your first order. And we, if there's ever any questions, um, we have an email customer care. It's, it's hello at everviolet.com and just reach out with any questions around size, style. You know, I have a lot of people who just kind of want to tell me what they're going through so that I can be more helpful and empathetic around what pieces to recommend. So yeah, just reach out. We're all here to support and make you feel your best and most beautiful. Okay. And size real quick before I get to ask you your other two questions. <laughs> what size, what size range is your um garments? So we run extra small to three XL. Really? Okay. You don't find that very often either. Okay. I just want <laughs> for sure. I, um, We're working on our 4X actually. Um, but okay. yeah. Very good. Oh, one thing that I will say though is our it does our collection does run probably a little bit on the smaller side. Okay. So it's part of how we actually are able to make garments supportive without having wires. None of them have wires in them. So it's a little bit more of a fitted fit. So um don't be surprised if you end up needing to size up. It's not you know, most people do. So just so you know, we do have size charts on all of our product pages. So you can kind of correlate your measurements and stuff or just email me and ask and I'll help you up. Yeah. So helpful. <laughs> In all my free time, right? Yeah. <laughs> all the free time that you have. <laughs> so your song, what is your favorite song and why is it your favorite song? And who's the artist? Okay, well, I have so many favorite songs, but the one that just came to mind, so, and I, I'll just preface this by saying I like all kinds of music, mm -hmm. maybe with the exception of like really heavy metal stuff, but um, this is, so there's a band called Boston, which is also where I'm from, and um, they have a song called Peace of Mind, and that song, it's kind of an upbeat, fun song. But I also love this idea of just having a peaceful mind. So I'll use that as my favorite song today. I like it. I like it. And so what is now um, your word or phrase that you would like to leave the audience? Someone I'm sure out there um, who is listening now or who will listen eventually, they have fresh wounds and they're having a hard time dealing with the newness of that. And you have some people who have scars that they look at or their mental scars and they're having a very difficult time. So what is something that you can leave with them and explain why you decided on sharing that? Hmm. Well, it's a phrase, um, which, I'll, which I'm also gonna preface. Um, you know, there's an expression called seeing is believing. Mm -hmm. um, but I turn it around and I say, believing is seeing. And mm. I think that we need to trust and have faith that we will get through a hard moment, a hard experience. And there's power in envisioning that. So that's been a tool that I've used throughout any struggle in my life is really just getting quiet, closing my eyes and envisioning what I want my life to look like and it's pretty powerful stuff so believing is seeing all right 
And, you know, usually I leave one word. I started out with that too, but now I leave phrases and sentences and a whole paragraph to people <laughs> before I end. So I just want to share with you, number one, thanks again for coming up here. Um, but as I've listened to you and just looked at you, I'm like, wow, she's such an inventor. Like you are a trailblazer. You're definitely wow. a trailblazer. And not only you're a trailblazer, you're an empathetic trailblazer. Some people trailblaze because their purpose is they see something needs to be done, but they really don't have the compassion or the grace towards the people that they're really serving. You have all of that. So mm. much so that you've developed a community that you love probably more than even your business <laughs> with the lingerie because that's your heart. And so within that also, you're very creative. So I just encourage you to continue to do what you're doing. Of course, there's going to be people who are going to say different things. You already know this, you know, but at the end of the day, long as your heart is in a pure place, everything that you need will come and yeah. never give up and never allow anyone to silence you or make you lose your creativity for the things that you're producing because you are definitely changing lives. Thank you so much. I really appreciate it. I feel very fortunate to be healthy today and to have been able to turn a challenging situation into something that can be of service to others. And that's really, you know, I would never have chosen to go through cancer, not once, but twice, but I, um, the fact that I get to pay my good prognosis forward and it's really given me a real purpose that I never had before. So thank yeah. you for having me and for, for sharing my story. Welcome. You're welcome. And you can see, the purpose and you can see the compassion you can see the love even in your art of your 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 products you know so i i just i thank you thank you very much for thank everything. you well this is the end of another episode of our scars speak we thank each and every one of you for listening or for watching um if you're watching right now but remember that our stories and our scars they speak a story and our mental and our physical scars speak a story and if you have a story to tell please share it i don't know when you need to because sometimes we have to get through the process of just contending with the scars or the trauma that has been associated with it but just know that your scars speak a story and not only just to yourself, but to someone else. So when the time is right, make for sure that you share your scars with everyone because they can heal the wounds of another. Thank you for listening to Our Scars Speak and we hope you can join us again real soon. Meanwhile, remember that our mental and physical scars speak a story that can help heal the wounds of another.